Hello, uh, this is Real Times Trio, and we are doing a special morning edition because we thought the Cardinals were going to open today, but that's tomorrow, and we'll talk about that later. Here's your weekly table of contents for you. Right now, we're going to talk about Shazam. We're going to follow that up around the 16-minute mark with Pet Cemetery, and then around the 31-minute mark, Lynn's going to talk about Diane, and then around 37, we're going to talk about The Highwaymen on Netflix. Right around 44 minutes, we're going to talk about the new DVDs, Bumblebee, Vice, and The Mule. Around minute 61, we'll talk about Wizard World, then we'll talk about movie news around 67, including the Joker's new trailer, and then around 1 hour and 30 minutes we'll discuss the best baseball movies you know like give or take a couple seconds i'm not exact hello hello i'm lynn venhouse i'm carl middleman i'm dan buffa shall we start with the big movie do we want to recap the highwaymen because that was the previous week or do you want to go with the big movie i think start with the big movie the big movie yeah it's a small little dc production called shazam now i don't know if you remember this lynn because your children are too young for this. Uh, in the 1970s, the mid-70s, the Shazam ISIS hour, which now doesn't make any sense in 2018, 19, but it's the, it was the Shazam ISIS hour, and that's how I first learned about Captain Marvel, which was the big... That's the big we, snap we, we, we've, the big mix-up. We've talked about this before with oh, yeah. uh, when we talked about Captain Marvel, but Shazam is Captain Marvel, and... They there was a big fight between DC and Marvel and I will at the say time. They kind of have some fun with that in the movies. You know, he never gets a name. Captain, really? you know, uh, Thundery Fingers and Sparkle Fist. Sparkle Fist, and which all. is what they actually call Captain Marvel in the comic books. So on IMDb, he's basically called he's given Shazam as his name. That's why Max said Sparkle. Captain Fist. Sparkle, Sparkle Fist. Fist. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that is a that's a nod towards the DC Marvel rivalry. But Shazam, if you remember, it was a live action, and Isis was a DC goddess. <laughs> she was the Egyptian goddess, and it was the Wow. Shazam Isis Hour. What a great, on what a great CBS. name. What a great name. Yeah, but and then the, the cat on uh, Downton Abbey, that's name was Isis too. <laughs> Oops. Well, Oops. those oh. were all before the... The, the uh, Islamic State? Ca- uh, co-opted it, yeah. So, so, but then if you, that's where I first learned about Shazam, and that's Shazam. why. And then, if you remember, if you watched Chuck with Zachary Levi. Yeah, yes. NBC show. And then uh, Josh... Day, uh, what was his name? Not Josh Charles. Josh Charles was on the uh, the Good Wife. Good Wife. Sports Night. And Sports one Night. Of, one of the best. Uh, well, it's over for a while. I can say it's one of the best TV deaths of all time, Mr. Josh Charles. And I saw him on Broadway last summer. I'm just saying. Well, he was on uh, on for the very first Thor. Josh Dallas was in the original Thor, and then he left. He was doing ABC had him doing more stuff for Once Upon a Time, and Zachary Levi for Dark World, and gets murdered immediately in Ragnarok. Yes. So Zachary Levi is now out of the Marvel universe. Kate Blanchett comes out of the little time thing, goes two knives, and kills all three of the Warriors. Or Ray Stevenson too, my boy. And so he's out of the Marvel universe, and therefore he was allowed to do the DC universe. And this is and. Uh, one of my uh, one of our friends, Jim Batts, said that uh, Black Adam is in this. Yeah. Movie. Well, he's meant he's not mentioned, but like there's 
Black Adam, who is going to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson, in and, the they, they, and they were going to do them together, but then they thought they'd give them their own origin tales. And actually, Dwayne the Rock Johnson put on Twitter, he said, "Which one do you want me to play?" And his fans said, "Black Adam the over villain? Shazam." Yeah. Why would you want him to play the villain? Because that, yeah, he said. He, I remember this too. He was on Twitter. And he did one of those little. This is when the polls first came out. Yeah. And he he did it, and uh, yeah, Black Adam kind of won at least sixty five to thirty five. I think it was it was pretty oh. decisive. Well, he's actually a producer on this film. I kind of halfway expected him to show up. He's you know why he's everywhere right now. He's on like eight different film sets. So I thought right at the end of Shazam, maybe The Rock shows up. So um, that's all of my knowledge about Shazam since I didn't get to see it because your St. Louis Blues are in the playoffs and I didn't get to go. Those to the movie. Blues, you know they, they find new ways to break our hearts, but even like, even when they do good, let's see. <laughs> All right, so, so I watched Shazam. you guys went and saw it. Or I, Dan saw it. I watched Shazam. I had no idea about the comics. I went into this basically knowing as much as I did about Iron Man when I watched it in 2008. All I knew was Zachary Levi was in it, Chuck with muscles, and then you had uh, Mark Strong playing his 1700th villain, which is never a bad thing, by the way. Um, I like him. It basically is about Billy Batson. He's a 14-year-old orphan kid. And he is given the chance to meet up with a wizard. And if he's, pure, if he's pure of heart, then he can have the magical powers. I'm talking like Superman's strength. He zips across the, the sky. He can Aren't fly. Aren't they named after gods? Isn't like yes, the they're named after Hercules. gods. Yeah, it's like, and then the bad guys are like the seven deadly sins. Oh, wow. It's basically how Mark Strong's characters put it. But, you know, it's a... It's a tongue-in-cheek fun movie. It's I comedy. Mean, I watched this with my kid. Um, my kid loved it, by the way. He made it through the two-hour and 12-minute running time. Wow. But I will say the, the running time moves. It, it's, it's not too bad. It's not like Batman, Superman stuffy as far as like just slowing down. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot. It's got a great sense of humor. And you do get the fact that director David F. Sandberg has done horror films before. But there's a couple really scary sequences, especially when Mark Strong's character... Kind of because the whole idea is that, and this is, doesn't just give away the first five minutes of the movie, is that you know his character gets a chance to be Shazam, and he's not pure of heart, oh. and so the, the the mantle because the wizard is dying. Um, I cannot say his first name, Dijimu Hunsu. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, is that how you say his name? Dijimon. Dijimon is okay. He's in everything. So he's in he Captain actually, Marvel. He was in <laughs> He's in Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel and, he plays uh, Guardians. the old He plays the old wizard yes. in this. So he is basically needing somebody young to take over the mantle or else the gargoyle devil creatures will come out of the uh, out of their stone state and kill everybody. So he has to find a hero. He's and an he Oscar finds, nominee. He is. He's really good. Uh, the Blood Diamond with a Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio great in it. And also Amistad. But yes, yeah, he's That's in how everything. I remember G-Man. Yeah. But uh, Billy Batson was basically like this, kind of like this kid who... Wimpy kid. Yeah, he, he, his, his mother abandoned him at a carnival, so he's kind of mix, mixing up with the law. He's not a good kid. <laughs> he gets put in this group home where a bunch of orphans are at, and he gets to meet who I think kind of steals this movie is Jack Dylan Grazier. He the plays friend. Freddie Freeman. He is great in this movie. But he's a crippled? He's a crippled. I'm sorry, a differently abled American. And there's more to it. I, I like the way that this movie kind of disguised its uh, its final third. There's some surprises involved. A lot. I'm going to turn that off. Good. But um, Mark Strong plays the bad guy, as the you know the guy, the, the doctor Thaddeus Savannah, 
who shows up to kind of mess with our hero. Okay, so basically Billy Batson gets the powers of Shazam, mm-hmm. where you can snap your, or just basically say Shazam, and you become Zachary Levi, who basically shows up as this big muscle-bound hero who has no idea of the powers. This is the best thing about it, it and this is where the big comparisons come, is because he doesn't know he has super strength, he doesn't know he can fly, so that learning, that learning to how to do, do stuff is kind of a very cool sequence in the movie where he goes into that gas station and he stops those guys. The humor in this movie is a secret ingredient. It never gets too heavy. It just keeps going. It's very tongue-in-cheek. They kind of poke fun at the superhero, at the mm-hmm. Man of Steel fights because the fights are the same way where like those up-close, almost like CGI uh, punches and, and action sequences. They have some fun with that. How and, often is the little kid playing Billy Batson in the film? He is, He's in it um, at first. When he first gets into, when he first says Shazam, he gets turned to Zachary Le- uh, Levi. About a half an hour, but then he comes back because he has to go to school. Right. <laughs> and of course, Freddie Freeman, and you know, he, you know, he, he's he's this this disabled kid who gets picked on at school. And, you know, and the best thing about, another good thing about the movie is, you know, when he gets these powers, it's like Zachary Levi's character doesn't really use them for good at first. He wants to kind of, you know, sign autographs. He wants to make money and he wants to be loved. And, you know, he almost, one of the best, pure of heart. one of the best parts of the movie. No, he, and, you know, and I think the wizard was just very desperate, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he goes, he, he almost causes a train accident. And then that's where Freddie Freeman goes, you almost kill people because you're showing off. But there's just these little bitty hilarious bits, like when you know Shazam and Doctor Thaddeus they square off, and he's way across, miles away, and he's going, "I'm gonna get you." And then Levi's like, "I can't hear a word you're saying," and he, <laughs> he keeps going and going. So they have some fun with the superhero genre. They, it's a lot of humor in this movie. I think they find inventive ways to not just mock the past DC films, but kind of nod their head a little bit at them. Well, speaking of, and, <laughs> well and, speaking of that... And, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, how does this relate to the DCU? Yeah. Um, they, they, they do introduce uh, the very, very end. See, I, I don't want to give this away. Right, but they, they, there's a thread. There is a thread. There's a through line. I, I, I do okay. think that... I do. Uh, let's just say Aquaman's kind of mentioned and mockingly. Mm-hmm. He's like, I can't talk to fish. I'm not like that one guy. That's what he says. Because... <laughs> Uh, Freddie Freeman gives him this fishbowl and he goes, what do you want me to do to this? Like, talk to fish because his buddy is a comic book nerd. He knows all about Batman. Mm-hmm. He knows all about Superman. He shows uh, Shazam this, I got the bullet that almost struck Superman. He's got a little Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. So just these little bitty comic book nuggets in this movie that so are just good. This, this is they're a building. world. Right. I, I, I really world think, building? I, I really think this is building. I think Wonder Woman might be the one that jumps around a little bit in right. time. And, but Aquaman and I think Shazam could exist. And I think if they ever do well, reboot... No, Wonder Woman's in this world. Yeah, but she's like, you know, I think she might jump around a little more. Because the way they said that they were disbanding them, it's like, oh, well, you know, 1984, Wonder Woman's going to be in its own little thing. Right. But eventually it could. And um, I, I think in relation to the other films, it's definitely better than Justice League and Batman vs. Superman. Because it's just a very fast-moving, fast-paced two-hour movie. Is it better than Aquaman? It is. Is it better than Wonder Woman? No. Um, um, <laughs> no. And, and how about but I will at what say, age is it good um, I, My kid was seven, and he was into it. But then again, my kid is a comic book nerd. And I looked around. There were kids there. There were kids younger than my son there. It's not like when the kids were crying at Dumbo, which no. was too much. And the them. only thing about this movie that would, wouldn't be good for kids, there are you can see, again, 
David F. Sandberg's horror background. You know, he, he did Annabelle. He and did he a can, couple he other movies. He knows how to do suspense. Yeah, and it just, you can see that a couple of these, like with the gargoyles, they're a little scary. There's a couple sequences that might be too much. So it kind of earns that PG, I think, 13 rating. So but, like a Man of Steel kind of. Yeah, kind of like that, but even scarier. Like it's Scarier like, than Man of Steel? Because there's a couple you have sequences. Dead dads in Man of because Steel. Because in the first sequence of the movie, you see um, a young boy riding along with his dad and his brother, and he's getting picked on. And then his dad and his brother disappear, and the car goes into this icy tomb. And it's very, like, it, it starts out kind of like a horror film would start out. It's mm. got a very unconventional beginning. It kind of grabs you. Zachary uh, Levi, who hasn't done much, really, except for the Thor movie, since Chuck, and since, uh, did was he in Once Upon a Time? Or what was no. the animated film with the girl who had long hair? I thought Rapunzel. He did... He's uh, Flynn Ryder. He, he voiced that. So that's my last big thing he did. He was nominated for he an Oscar. is the perfect choice to play Shazam because it has to be a childlike superhero. Because mm-hmm. even when he's in the superhero form, he still has that 14-year-old sensibility. He's still like, oh, my gosh, I got lightning coming out of my fingers. <laughs> and, and that never ends. He doesn't just, like, grow up. But I think that he was very convincing as this character because he fills the role out. He has the humor. You couldn't have gotten a serious actor to play this role. You had no, to get a comedy, comedy guy. Well, I, you... I, not even, like, downy comedy. You need a real comedy right. guy. But I think he's the key to it. But, again, I want to see where this Jack Dylan Grazier goes. I think he's a great young actor. He has some just hilarious moments. Mark Strong does the villain thing, does it very well. Even though if there is one weak part of the film, the villain is not really well written. He, he's just <laughs> that's kind a of problem a, with DC. Well, actually, that's a problem with Marvel, yeah, too. Yeah, he's just kind of, you know, he, he he's the guy that's kind of scorned a little bit, so he wants to go take the hero's power. And, you know and, they're not going to win. You know they're not going to win. That's the problem with superhero movies. But I will say the final battle has some big surprises, especially when it comes to how he gets his teammates and where they come from, and I think that was a nice little surprise. And there's some good cameos that I don't want to spoil. Yeah, them. do not. I, unless you go to IMDb, which we should not. Don't don't read up on this movie, folks. I'm right there. I, I well, think stop the, it. I think the biggest thing to go into Shazam, if you don't know anything, if you're not James Batts, Carl Middleman, or Max Foisy, is just to go in and just get get hit by it fresh. That's what I did, and I think I enjoyed it more. And uh, I got a new appreciation for Zachary Levi, man. He he was good in this movie, and he's probably going to have a franchise on his hands. So good for him, and I hope – I wanted more, and I think the best part about it is you don't have to know anything, and it's also very funny. And this is the most made-for-kid superhero movie yet. And it can slide into whatever Justice League yeah. thing that they do. Yeah, and I think that out of all the movies, Marvel and even DC, this is the most kid-like movie. A young kid – I think a five or a six-year-old could watch this movie, and except for one or two scenes, could just love it. But it's got that childlike sensibility and humor. They dropped, so, Since it's PG-13, did they drop their one F-bomb or no? Uh, I can't remember if they did. I, I know there's a couple S's in there, a couple yeah. shits. <laughs> I but keep, that's okay. They I keep the forgetting. For this radio. is the problem, folks. I do an AM it's radio show, radio. so I can't, I can't you know, violate FCC there, but I can hear. You could. I don't oh, think yeah. they say, I don't think they dropped the F-bomb. I taught my class about that the other day. Yeah. On mic, Lynn. Yeah. Here's but, what um, we need to teach you. Talking to the oh, microphone. Yes, that's right. Well, <laughs> but, I figured I was not in this discussion. No. However, Zachary Levi just want to say he was nominated for a Tony for She he Loves was. Me. He was. So good nominated for, for an Oscar and a Tony. Yeah. So and he's, and, he, and, and he's good here. I mean, I I I didn't I hadn't really known him since Chuck, and I was like, well, here's this guy. He gets his big role. 
but he's good in it. And there and there's a lot of good small just little like I said nuggets here for everybody to enjoy. So a sweet film, not disturbingly dark, which leads us to our second film, which we all saw. In, the horror film. Uh, yes. The remake of. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's start in 1983. This everyone. is very fresh for yes. me. I just watched this oh, nearly yeah. hours ago. Well, so and this we. is the only thing that Dan has about this film, about this franchise, this property. Yeah. The only thing he knows is the remake from the remake. 2019. That's all I got. Me too. So in 1983, Stephen King did not want to release this book because he said it was too dark, and he said uh, it's the only book that scares him. <laughs> and he needed one more for his contract, and he released Pet Cemetery, and it became a huge hit. And then 1989, it became a movie with Fred Gwynn doing the amazing part of Judd, Sometimes Dead is Better. <laughs> and that's what – and uh, Denise – thank you. Denise Crosby from Star Trek The Next Generation directors for this played movie. the mom. In Pet Cemetery, nobody remembers anybody about the Pet Cemetery, and I had to go back and look this up. Yeah. In '83 and '89, there's there have always been two kids. Everyone just remembers Gage. Yeah, there, yeah. There's an older sister too, and yeah. that's why this twist Ellie. that is not a twist anymore because everyone knows about it. <laughs> but we're still not going to talk about it. No, is is fresh. Because Gage is the toddler, and everyone knows sometimes dead is better, and then there's always been church, and that's funny because uh, replacing the late Fred Gwynn is John Lithgow playing Judd, and he says it, and he, the accents in this movie are horrible. They're spo- the family's supposed to be from Boston. They don't sound like they're from Boston. They're in Maine. Nobody in Maine right. talks like Maine. That, I that's why. That. But no, see, the, that's the why. The Pepperidge Farm But accent. that's, that's but what I the thing was. When I he wrote the book. When when he wrote the book, he when Judd spoke, he go, ah oh, yeah yo, and he he wrote it as a three syllable word. And Fred Gwynn had that main sensibility about him, and that's why I turned to our friend Oscar and I said, if he does not deliver, sometimes dead is better. Great, this whole movie's gonna suck for me. And I looked over after John Lithgow said it, and I went, Pfft. it was not, it's not memorable. That's I, the whole tagline of the film. The crap out of me. Yeah, well, well because, the, because this is your first. Right. Well, no, I mean, and I, I will say it, it's doing it's doing well in Rotten Tomatoes. I thought it'd be tanking right now. Well, well I think well. it's because it's a new generation, and it is different. It's 30 it years takes, later. It takes liberties. I did not see the first one because mm. my second son was born, and he never slept. And so I didn't go to movies during that period, um, and because he was screaming baby. And plus, kids, little kids, I have to think about so we're having dead kids and evil cats. Evil so cats. So for me, I have three, four cats at home. So oh, this really messed me up. So so this is creepy. This is parents' worst nightmares. Yes. And it also it it has a really big themes going here. We have fear of death. Mm. We have guilt about uh, decisions you make in life that mm-hmm. don't end well, but you're well meaning, and and then about. Uh, parents and their love for family and love for children now in the book aren't they from chicago yes they're from chicago in the book but he goes back to the university so here they're from boston right yeah but in the in the first movie and in the book the theme is grief yeah which we do not explore in this movie at all it's all guilt uh, yeah, I, I know. I meant I think, to say. Uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, sorry. I meant to say grief. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not. There's no grief. I don't know. I, they don't I, I feel watched grief. this movie. It, it freaked me out, and I, I think it, as far as doing everything a horror film should do, you know, making you jump a little bit, keeping you on the edge of your seat, 
tapping into your real fears. Again, I didn't watch the first one. I didn't read the book. Stephen King knows how to freak you out, though. See, Stephen King wrote He's the screenplay King, for yeah. the first yes. movie. And, and, and wasn't say, he in it? He was yes, in it, Yes, he played too. a minister. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and look, I, I like Jason Clark. I, I know sometimes his accent can, can flub He's up. He's fighting the whole time but, trying to keep but, his yes. real mouth. But I do think he plays a good everyman here. I, I believed him in his dad, even when he started to go a little bit mad. I, I like John Lithgow in this movie. I, I think it's a trashy B-film thriller. I mean, I, But it's I, not good. I, I know, but but, but I think it, as far as doing its job, and I think yes. that's why it's got a good review, is because I went in there... Scare me! I, I don't need you to blow me away. You I just were, need you. Where to... were? You, when were you scared? I was. I, was I mean, very I was tense. I was, I was tense, man. It's because they, they're 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 feeding you nostalgia. That's they show John Lithgow's ankle because that's from the first movie. Us. Oh, and that, really? that little kid died. I liked us. Oh, the big trucks going down the oh, highway yeah, I mean, yeah, were and, terrifying. And, that is a that is a good. That is a good scene. That was a that good is jump. Well done. Yeah. Oh my and, god! I jumped out of my and skin. I, I don't know the, the the sister being bent up in that little oh, trans in the first movie. Oh, that was in the original. That that is a that is a true horror movie. Zelda was a major character, and like when it was she looks so up weird. in that thing, I was like, "Don't look up in the thing! Don't look up in there!" This is a movie where you're gonna be yelling at the screen. Not, but a, it's not good. But but, but this the, is the flashbacks. I thought were very haunting. They were haunting, but and, they're and, not. And, and, very and I think good. the setting, the production design was good that pet cemetery was freaky this is a movie that oh. i want to take my dad to they didn't ta- they didn't do more out they movie. needed to do more with the kids because they only show the kids taking the original pets because like that's a, it's a whole ritual and stuff yeah. but they they ignore all of that yeah yeah i mean well it, it, it starts getting weird because it is, it, it is it's more of the commercialized version the Pet cemetery, though. Okay, so their cat gets killed. Because it seems like when they get there, their life just kind of goes to. You know, oh, the, it drives a turn to for see the visions weird. of her sister again. Well, what's what's cool is they have the 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 trope of the isolated house. I have a right. question. Which they're next to. They have next door neighbors. So I have and a they question. Have, I live in a college town. So yeah, does and the they guy have a that Jason Clark cannot save? Is he the one that that when he's telling Jason Clark's character, is he haunted? Because you, he said you crossed the bridge or something. No, the ground. The the kid, the kid that he couldn't save. Yes. And they, what happens is he's a doctor at this college, and this kid gets hit by a car, and he cannot really save up. him. He's like and Harvey. Two-Face. I can see his brain. So yeah, first of all, if you if you do not like stabbings, if you like, oh, I love horror movies, but I hate stabbing. Gory. It's very stabby. Very it gory. is very very stabby. And then this kid who gets hit by a car you can see his brain and then he keeps showing up for the rest of the movie and the premise is you tried to save me i'm going to try to save you and so he's telling him stay the hell away from this place yeah and so in the book but of course he's like following him into this place in his dreams and i I just thought it was cool little touches but he wakes up and his feet are dirty and I've always that, kind that's, of thought that's been a constant through all. I everything. mean, that's yes, just I don't the, know. The there whole... were parts of this movie where I was just I, I was a little freaked out, and all because maybe of the because, nightmares. You know, if you have cats, you have a family. You know, innocent family goes out there, but then there's slowly there's secrets about this family, like like the wife and how she didn't take care of her sister right, and how her right. sister no, fell that's down her the parents, but her parents, 
it's her parents' fault. And then the parents came fault. up and they they keep shooting the husband. They keep shooting him dirty looks. I'm like, I you know. are bad people. You bad parents. Oh, you yeah. left your deformed sister to be taken care of by your young young daughter. Oh yeah, and well, what at first the house, you know, it's one of those rustic, perfect farmhouses that's very in right now, mm-hmm. and then it just takes this weird turn because it's like hereditary. They have these beautiful houses, but every time they're walking down the hallway or something, you're like, whoa, what's going to happen? But the thing that we're not talking about, which we don't want to give too much away, is it's not the pet cemetery right. uh, per se. It's this when their cat dies, John Lithgow shows them a super secret Part ancient of burial cemetery. ground and that's where they put the cat and then all of a sudden the cat comes back but it's a weird violent it's a different kind evil of cat I, I, I do think that and, and this is kind of something that, that i was kind of reading but you know i think it, it may kind of buck the trend of the original but i do think it's it a com- it's a compelling horror film it had me going it, and it, that little kid oh the little kids the girl her name is jetay Lawrence and she was Ellie. good. She She's really good in the movie. Was yeah. really good because and, 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 she could play sweet. And, and, and I think if you if you miscast her, that she's probably uh, arguably the most important the casting. Pin. But the very the first film was directed by a woman, Mary Lambert, who directed iconic Madonna videos. And so there's, she did, directed Like a Virgin. She did Material Girl where she's dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. And she did she did also did videos for Motley Crue. So she was an eighties. Video director, and then she did, and then she did the made the mistake yeah. of doing the second movie, oh. which Stephen King had his name taken off. Yeah. Edward Furlong plays the kid in that movie. Do not see Pet Cemetery. Too. I guess I think over across the board, I like Jason Clark. I, I've always kind of give actors a benefit of the doubt when their accent goes away. It I did, mean, it, but I even, caught it. A but couple it was even times. in like in like Molly's Game. Idris Elba's accent goes mm-hmm. away in that final right. speech. <laughs> and so I just kind of go, look, I loved you as this guy. I, I'll say Jason Clark is better than Dale Midkiff. He's just a good actor. I mean, I mean, when he's kind of starting to lose his mind, that third old, you're, you're still with him. You're, you're still, and that's thanks to the actor. The mother who's played by Amy uh, Simons. Simons. I, I didn't like her. I thought she was bland. I didn't she know was who bland. she was. She's just, a indie. She's just know, in a couple indies, but okay. really she was you don't she was really, on the... I, I didn't really believe it was almost as much of scene. her character. Um, but, but I do think Lithgow's great. Clark's great. The girl is great. I think the movie succeeds at being compelling and holding your interest to the end. It had just, me going. If you're a fan of the first one, you if you're will a fan yeah. of the first hate one, it. Yes. I, and, and really, it. if you look around at the consensus of reviews, that is the big thing. If you, if you it Or kinda, a fan of the book. Yeah. It, yes. It, it say, well, it kind of bucks the trend of the original and the book. But Stephen it, King has given his is. approval for it. It is. And, and, well, and well, I he, think said, I, did, he said they took it in a direction that I enjoyed. They, they did things a little different, I think. Right. Well, what I was surprised about, I read about the book last night, and That's John Lithgow's dead wife is actually a character right. in this, right. in the original. But they, was but they a, wrote them out for movies. That was a freaky scene, too, where his wife oh, comes in. Oh, well, right. we I won't spoil give, it, yeah, but I'll just say that, I mean, this movie, I think it moves well, Norma. never slows down. And I think for again, I don't. I'm not a big fan of horror films, but I've watched two good horror films in the last. I month. didn't think it was that scary. I liked how they wrapped it up at the end because I didn't it's want to. It's not easy see... to scare me these days. I've seen everything. I didn't want to have this prolonged. But I think not seeing the original maybe helped out. But yes. Yeah. I, well, I, it did me because I went into it fresh, and so sometimes I was... that is better. And then also, <laughs> um, I just felt the whole family, the whole unease about the place, like they're like something's wrong. Oh, and it wrong. also starts with the trope of showing the last scene first. 
Yeah, yeah, which is uh, yeah. But I like that the ending is quick. It's not we're not prolonged. And the final scene gory. is so sickening. The final oh, scene. Oh, they ended oh, it just right. I oh, mean oh. because they don't show you, but you know you what's know, gonna happen. You know. And, and again, just I, I will I, I will tell you this is an early uh running in the running for makeup. The makeup on the daughter yeah. and, and, and the father oh. is really good. It's not too much. Like the daughter, she just, you know, she's not your daughter anymore, but she doesn't look terrible. She's though. got one, her right eye is off. And when she's combing, yes. her, she's combing oh. the hair, it's like, oh, the sound oh. effects. Oh, it's oh, so gross. gross. And, and then when she has that look, she's like, mommy. And she looks up, it's like, I will Whoa! say, I will say the, the bad death, scene. The death scenes are really well executed because there's, I mean, the final 30 minutes of the movie is just tough. Oh, gross. I did have to, I and did have so to turn my. Gross. And that's where the, that's where the, it changes from the book and the first film. Yeah. Well, I had to look away a couple times. It just gets bizarre. Because, right. Because, you know, not knowing the original, I was like, is anybody going to make it out of this? We'll see. I think the sister uh, storyline is as creepy it's as It's terrifying. The kids. Because, oh. because, you know, why imagine if you had a sister like that and your parents left you to take care of her. You're too young. You, you don't want to go up there. So one time you put the little food in the little, you know, elevator tray compartment and, it, you know. And, 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 and tragedy and it, strikes. It's just the sound when she falls down the, the, the well. Oh, <laughs> the just... dumb waiter. Just oh, the, just oh the, uh, just the. I don't images. know. It, it gets a thumbs up. And, See, okay, just why would about you? Okay, why would you still crawl. live in that house yeah. if your daughter died? Why would you live in that house yeah, still? It's just haunted. Ugh. Don't don't live in haunted houses. Live in nice, bright, sunny houses. Yeah. Well, but uh, uh, even just thinking about it, it's giving me the chills again. So I give it. I liked it. I well, give it a for, thumbs up. For no. fans of King, though, they always got to show Dairy. Mm. Yes, and, they and, did. They should. Dairy's twenty miles away. I was like, that's cool because they always have to have. There's something else they. They the name of the cat is Church, and the daughter says, "Oh, it's for Churchill." And Lithgow looks at her and goes, "Yes, I know who Churchill is. Yeah. <laughs> he just won an Emmy for yeah. playing Churchill." Playing Church. But, but I, I will say, and, and I can see why King kind of gave it the green light, but it's a little bit different. But it is it is freaky. It's not maybe not scary in the scary mm-hmm. sense, but it, it kept me going. I mean, I, I wanted to see what happened in these characters. Oh, there's well, one more Easter egg too. Uh, the the truck driver gets a phone call. And it's from Sheena. Sheena's a punk rocker, by the way, and the original movie had Pet Cemetery, the song that they do at the end by some Ramones. They it was the, the Ramones. Ramones. So Sheena's a little throwback to the Ramones, but the Ramones are—they did not pay for the Ramones oh. catalog. They had some other Star Killer or Star. Yeah, some, sang it. A, yeah, a punk band from California. I, I had to look up who they were. Okay, so bottom line is, if you've seen it before yeah. or read the book, you're not going to no. be enamored with it. But if you're going in if fresh, you're, if it, you're a, a pet Dan cemetery was, virgin, you, yeah. you will. So like you're it. saying like you were a comic book virgin and loved Shazam, you're a horror movie virgin and you loved Pet yeah. Cemetery. I, I think so. I think not knowing, not having any prerequisites or precursors, I think it really helped me kind of go in. But that's sometimes that's good. Sometimes yeah. going in fresh is yeah. Is good. And also, I will say I do like Tr- Jason Clark. So the fact that he is kind of our heroic face in a way kind of helped me stay with it even when it wasn't perfect when it was kind of dragging or when they're trying to go for too much i think he kind of kept me locked there's the so middle. many things that are improbable besides the whole mystic thing it's the i'm just yeah, never going to go the in the woods again right. and also i'm, I'm going to stare at my cats tonight before i go to bed just to make sure because i'll tell you what that creepy cat sitting in the middle of the road I have a cat that looks just like that cat. And so this is, that was freaky last night. Oh. Give, it a, give it a bath, sir. That's right. Oh. 
All right, so we're moving on to... Uh, Diane is uh, the Boomers you. movie, so okay. it's in my wheelhouse. Produced by Martin Scorsese. Yes, well, uh, this got a bunch of uh, nods at the Tribeca Film Festival. Oh. It stars Mary Kay Place, who, if you're as old as I am, you remember she a won the Emmy. A woman of a certain age. Yes, a woman of a certain <laughs> age. She won the Emmy for playing Mary Hartman, Mary, Mary Hartman's Hartman, Mary best Hartman. friend. And then she has gone on to an eclectic career, but mostly supporting roles as the mom. Well, here she's front and center. And uh, what I liked about this is because, well, she's great, but it's a lived-in performance. It's got this wonderful supporting cast that if you're familiar with movies uh, and pop culture from the 70s and 80s, these are all recognizable faces. Estelle Parsons, Oscar winner. Mm -hmm. And we have Glennis O'Connor, who was quite the teenage oh, ingenue Joey in the in the in the uh, in the back in the day. She was in uh, Jan Michael Vincent, rest in peace. His movie Baby Blue Marine. Hmm. She was Robbie. Oh God, I just forgot his name. He I do was love the running deal. time, ninety six minutes. Yes, in. Um, Billy Joel, old to Billy Joel. Old to Billy Joel. Yeah, oh, she was uh, Robbie Benson. She okay. was uh, in that. And then she has gradually uh, morphed into this, uh, you know, senior citizen. And so uh, she's oh, in it. Oh, and Andrea Martin. Yeah, and then Andrea Martin's in it. So these are Mary Kay, um, Mary Kay Place's contemporaries. She is one of these women, and it'll remind you of your mom. It'll remind you of your grandparents. Yeah. It just depends what age you are. But she's one of these women that do everything for everybody else. I have a mom like that. So she's running around visiting friends in hospitals. She's making. Like, she's serving at the soup kitchen. Like my mom is the person at Christmas who will never sit down, and yes. we literally make her. We give her a plate and Come you go on, sit down. Busy. Last two the last two years we've hosted, and even at my house when we're hosting, she won't like mom sit down and eat. Yeah, this but she is services so... others. Right, and Jake Lacey of all people, Good for he him. plays her drug addict son. Oh. He's been in and out of rehab. She's totally frustrated with him, and so that's that's a whole subplot. And then she has a secret. <gasps> That you'll find out in minute 45. <laughs> well, and, the, and the plot says uh, she finds herself confronting memories she'd soon rather yes. forget so, to face. Right. So oh, she Joyce is, Van Patten's in this yes, movie, too. Yes. Yeah. And so there's a lot of uh, familiar faces from back in the day. And, you know, us baby boomers, we uh, patented navel-gazing. So, you know, uh, we're very uh, all about, um, you know, life and and our place in the world. And so it's just really a nice, simple story. It's, but you said it's a mystery. Yes. Well, I'm not going to give... Well, there's a mysterious element to it. And, and yes. I think these simple films can kind of use that little intrigue. Yes. Because you're wondering what it is. Like, I think a movie last year did that well was all about Nina. Yes. Because you think it's just, okay, she's trying yes. to be a comedian, but there's something with her... That is just she does not want to unlock. And then when it unleashed, it was oh. it just it made the <laughs> whole film. It's basically like picking up a film and putting it up on the counter when it was laying on the floor. You know, it's just it really picks it up. So yeah. is this going to be like at Plaza Frontenac and women of a certain age are going to all go yeah. and see their and, friends and, 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 and recognize and, themselves? And, and like, and and like we were saying, and... this is kind of like you know Sam Elliott getting the hero role two yes. years ago. Harry Dean Stanton getting lucky, and yes. now Mary Kay Place, who has just been in over a hundred movies, 
is finally getting to put herself front and center in front of a film on the poster, name above the title. That's that's cool. That's great. I love seeing these veteran actors finally get a shot. Like a, a, a Blythe Danner, is that how you yes, say Yes, and I'll see you in my dreams. Yeah, she, that, that was the yeah. first time I think she'd ever been... Given a big time big role, role in, in a long time, yeah. so it's it's a uh, very lived in, which I like. I love those kind of movies where you have this sense of time and place. The house it's looks the, very homey. It's it's you know it's your typical uh, mid sized town, and uh, what is awesome is if you have a larger family with a lot of relatives, they're sitting around the kitchen table, mm. and it's a cramped kitchen, but it has all the tchotchkes of your youth yes. probably, and yeah. and your grandparents in your parents homes yep. it has the landline the trim phone no matter how many rooms you have in a house they all gravitate towards the kitchen yes and then what's hilarious is the guys in it and they're all talking about like modern things and technology and it's funny like mm-hmm. the one guy's going oh you should get on the do not call list and he's like like I'm not giving the government anything, you know. It's it's all that kind of like, um, what your generation would be, you know, like your older you folks, what you should be doing. Yeah, and it's just fun, just the whole banter with all the, uh, with all the longtime friends. It's written and directed by Kent Jones, and his hmm. profile on IMDb isn't uh what you would call noticeable, but he did write the the documentary Hitchcock Truffaut. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So so. There you go. All there, right. yeah. So, other than that, there. I I totally recommend it. And you like the acting, yes. And good uh, for her, yeah. And it's uh, yeah. I think everybody, but it's not just a Talking Heads movie. No, no. There, there's yeah, there... there's stuff going on, and you just be recognizing everybody, you know. And you'll just rec- it's recognizable, relatable characters. And now, nice and now another we're... one that's in is very old school. That we enjoyed is The Highwayman, now on Netflix. I've watched this movie three times. What? Because I watched it with myself, my, my wife, and now my dad. I mean, I, I this movie is just such a slow boil, old school, go get em road movie. I think Coster and Woody Harrelson are just perfectly cast. Oh, yeah. And, and totally. I think I can see why the family of Frank Hamer loved his role because I think he just played it the way it was supposed to be. I don't think they try to like overdo it. And I just, I, I don't know, it, it you, you say kind of like time and place, the way it makes you feel that this movie kind of felt lived in, the way they really did with the production design and the outfits and the way they spoke. So I don't know. authentic. And they use the dirt road where uh, they Bonnie do. and Clyde And I will uh, say, so the premise is 1934, Bonnie and Clyde have been on the run for two years. Killing everybody. And killing everybody. Robbing, Robbing and killing, and they're, and they're, and they're breaking prisoners out of jail. They're adding to their crew. So they're basically creating mayhem. And so at, They kill uh, 10 people, yeah, and including really, so lawmen. At, at the end of their wit, uh, the, the governor and I think uh, the, the, the police lieutenant? Well, he no, um, he's the director Lee of Simmons. prisons. Um, he is John, uh, John Carroll Lynch. Yep, Jim And Lee he's Simmons. The, the head of prisons in Texas. And they've just been embarrassed by that big uh, uh, prison yeah. farm breakout. And, and, of course, of Ka- Kathy Bates plays Ma Ferguson, who basically helped disenfranchise the Texas Rangers. So uh, Lee Simmons, John Carroll Lynch's character, kind of has an idea. Let's bring back Frank Hamer, played by Kevin Costner, and Manny Gaunt, played by Woody Harrelson, 
two old retired Texas Rangers to basically help track down Bonnie and Clyde, kind of putting a couple wolves on the on the trail of wolves. And they are so grizzled. And it's they really so are fun. To I, watch I just them. love when we first see Woody Harrelson. He's sleeping outside on the porch. He's drinking. He, you know, he he's kind of he's like Hamish from yeah, the Hunger Games. It really, he's kind of like an older version of his detective character in True Detective, True Detective on HBO. So he's playing the same role over and older, over, just little older nuances. and more. Because in this movie, you know, Hamer's the gruff. He's the guy that can compartmentalize his grief. Um, Harrelson's character is a guy that really wears it on his sleeve. What these guys are—they've killed over sixty people. I mean, these are just cops. When the Texas Rangers put on you, that means that they have free range to, to take you out. They have basically, a license to kill. Yeah, basically, they're old cowboys. Judge, jury, executioner. Yeah, they're old cowboys. They get back into the game. Um, they have the old school skills. They do. And what's fun? They have great banter. They but, do. But they're still like. Costner is still a sharpshooter, but what is great is because they're so experienced, like Hamer's thing was he gets inside the head of the he killer. Does. And he tries to anticipate their moves. But I also like the way that he was, you know, he goes out to that field and he can't shoot anymore. <laughs> and he's like, go ahead, boy, throw it up. And it's just funny. He goes to the gun shop and he buys all these guns. And then they're at the restaurant later. And he's like, how many bullets you got in you? And he goes, oh, 16. He's like, well, you should see somebody about that. And then he goes, well, you should see somebody. He's like, I don't got any bullets. And you're like, that's what I was covering you. And it's just like back and forth. I mean, huh. it's just, it, it's it's easy. I mean, and yes, I do think these these actors are playing familiar roles. But I think in this movie, you wanted to get guys that could play the right role. You, you didn't want to try anything. Yeah, Manny wants to tag along. And Costner's like, you're not even packed. And then he holds up his toothbrush. <laughs> Which actually they didn't use in the movie. They didn't use it. I know. In the that movie, he goes, the, he goes, are you, are you uh, <laughs> basically know. saying, are you even drinking? He's like, well, that's a very impolite uh, way of saying, um, a very polite way of saying, have you been drinking? But there's just, there's a lot of uh, individual moments for Costner and Harrelson. I think Kim Dickens is yes. great in a couple scenes as Costner, a, a Hamer's wife. Uh, William Sadler plays Henry Barrow. Mm. Um, there's just there's a lot of good character actors in here that really just fill out the roster. And what's cool about it too is that you don't get any sense of Bonnie and Clyde as taking over this film. They are just they already had their movie. Yeah, yeah. They're and they're not even peripheral. seen really up close until the very end. Right, like you see her shoes and you see her her long uh, silhouette and, and really she comes out in the one Tommy of the, guns. One of the best scenes is at the gas station where the guy, the clerk's trying to tell him, you know, all the power to, all, all, all the luck to them. And Costner, this is after they find the cop in the middle of the road with, with, with shot in the yeah. head, and Costner just kind of loses it. And I think this is where Costner just excels because he, he goes out, he punches the guy, he goes, these guys just killed this guy. They're going to bring their, their parents in on the train, and he puts a gun to his neck. And I tell you what, it was a very convincing scene. And well, this is at the height of the Great Depression, right. and they were glamorized. Yes, um, and, they and were. that's why the, the, the people the, need yeah. to attach themselves to something like this. Oh yeah, very. And and uh, you know, she was starstruck too. As, Such a little you know, small petite thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they. Um, what What's good about this is they show why people were you know like these were folk heroes, but also from the other point of view because the original 1967 Warren Beatty movie yeah. made the law out to be buffoons. Right. Yes, and, and that's why the family of Frank Hamer hated that movie because they just kind of made him a caricature. In this one, you see Costner fills out 
And really, it isn't like he's just gruff Costner from Criminal, even though he sounds like his character from Criminal, which is a bad movie. But in this one, he, he does really honor Frank Hamer. I mean, everything you read about this guy, he was this just gunslinger. He was a killer. I mean, he is the most uh, well-respected Texas Ranger in the history of the Rangers. So I think the movie is slower than I, th- than I thought it would be, and yeah. it's good. It's I, two hours I, and 12 minutes. I, oh. I kind of liked it. I, I, I didn't mind. Much slower paced than Shazam. Because the, yes. Because the, and, and they show the detective work in this movie. I like the way it was kind of an old-fashioned, you know, look at the clues, get evidence, see where they're going to go. I mean, it was a very diabolical plot. They didn't try to speed things up. Because I think if they speed it up and they overlook things, people get mad. If they slow down, oh, now it's too long. It's I on think, Netflix, so there's no really yeah, time. And, and I think the movie, the sound is great. The gunshots are really w- well done. Oh, yeah. And the score by Thomas Newman is oh, excellent. Thomas Newman is my favorite. It's got a very road to perdition sound. Hmm. They use a lot of those same chords with the piano and just all the, the the different instruments. But yeah, he's fantastic. And I think this movie is just, I, I think it's fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, directed by John Lee Hancock, who did The Blind Side yep. and Saving Mr. Banks. And so if you like true crime, you Very like commercial true series. crime. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would give it a give it a go. It is. And again, I think the biggest thing, there's Coster and Harrelson fit their roles to it. I mean, they're perfectly suited for these guys. And I think they carry the movie. All right, out on DVD this week, the only Transformer movie that I've ever oh, seen. Gosh, the only one. Oh, I love. And this And therefore, movie. it's good. <laughs> I, yes. I, but so, and then everyone says, "You, you're at the top. Don't watch the rest of them." No, don't. Oh, I saw it's, the first one, and that was um, it. Oh um, my god! Because I have a kid who loves Optimus Prime. I have watched the Wahlberg films too much. I have watched the Shia LaBeouf films too much. Oh. It is 10 hours you're never getting back. I've not seen anything but Bumblebee. Don't. I enjoyed Bumblebee. Because Bumblebee was almost like if John Hughes did a Transformer film, <laughs> this would be it. It's very earnest. It's very funny. I also it's... heard that Judd, Judd uh, Nelson was actually in the first. He was Hot Rod in the yeah. 1986 uh, he was. Transformer movie, yeah. the cartoon, and then... There's a whole bunch of Judd Nelson in this movie. Yeah. Oh, no. And John Cena plays Agent Burns. Haley Steinfeld is very She's good in great. this movie. I like her very much. She's good. I she was in, she was in True Grit. Grit with Jeff Bridges. Nominated Oscar for Pitch nominated. Perfect. Yeah. She's Pitch Perfect there. 2 and 3. And yeah. uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, Begin Again. Oh, yeah. And she's also great. in Edge of 17 Kieran with Knightley Woody Harrelson. Buffalo. Yeah. Who plays her cool teacher? Yeah, that, I liked it. But it, I do too. It, it is. It, 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 and it's, it's a very '80s film when it comes to the look, the soundtrack, even the action. I liked how the action didn't overwhelm the movie. Because with Michael Bay, it's like when in doubt, blow something up. But, <laughs> but he's 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 only a producer. He's on a this. light producer. They probably said, "You stay out of the room, okay? Right. Go over there. Go go get coffees." Um, Travis Knight does a good job directing the film. Christina Hodson is uh, is, the, is the writer here. Uh, Pamela Adlin is her mom. She's great. She was on a movie uh, show called Californication with David Duchovny. Yeah, but she she's really also good. on her own show that yep. was with on Louis C.K., but now it is not. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, but John I, I enjoyed Ortiz, it. Yeah, I, yeah, John Ortiz plays Dr. Powell. I love John Ortiz. He pops up in like three films a year. And John Cena. Okay, yeah. so what age for kids? Oh, I, I, I think. This is a PG movie. Well, yeah, actually, PG. it's PG-13, so that means there's a couple... There's a couple rude humor things in yeah. it because you know, and the action. I will say the action. The first couple fights with the with the robots are actually kind of really intense. 
for even a Transformers movie, so that might be rough. But for the most part, it's just fun stuff. Bumblebee coming to Earth. You know, he's trying to fit through the door in the house. He's crashing into stuff. She puts in the music into him, and he sips it out, but it's a bad movie. It's, it's Huey Lewis. Is it yeah. Huey Lewis? Uh, it's a garbage it's music. A, she puts a music into his chest, and he goes, and he fires it out. But there's a lot of humor here. Again, humor can do a, go a long way in superhero or in robot, yeah, robot she's, movies. She's She wants to be goth, but yeah. she's not really. I know, <laughs> but she does ground the movie, and she's very good. John Cena displays John Cena, which is just fine. But I think if you have not seen one, if you've seen a Transformers movie, watch this one. It's like putting a suture on your wound of all those 10 hours you're never getting back. See, but I'm you, not going to watch But the if rest. you haven't, like the great Carl Middleman, who just knows these things, to <laughs> stay away to see that from Revenge of the Fallen, the Age of the Innocents, the Extinction of the Band, all, all that crap. Watch Bumblebee. I enjoyed it. It is. I mean, and I think you can go in fresh. Hopefully, if not, this will heal what Michael Bay did to your soul. So then Bradley Cooper and Clint Eastwood are drug mules. Mm-hmm. No, no, just Clint Eastwood's Cooper a drug is mule. chasing him. He's, the, he's, he's another police officer. And Michael Payne is also in it. And uh, the mule, Michael Tessa Payne Formiga? always makes a good movie. But I watched this late. Um, it, it came out, and it wasn't screened for critics. No. And, and I could tell Clint Eastwood likes to save that money. So um, I, I watched it, and I enjoyed it. I, I think this is a great Clint Eastwood role. It's a flawed movie. Because you he's pick, a ninety-year-old drug he mule, is. Um, and it's a true, based on a true story. A New York Times article, Earl Stone. Mm-hmm. Basically, uh, he, he he's a flower. Uh, there's a name for this. When, when you're a flower, you, you basically grow flower farms. Okay. There's a yeah. It, a botanist. A bot. Not really a botanist. There's a big old long confusing word, but he he, he basically has won awards for his flowers. He, okay. He has a whole like you know horticulturist. Little farm. Yeah, horticulturist. Yeah, horticulturist. He, what's that called? Horticulturist. Horticulturist. So yeah. Like, so he's been done that. He he's done that for his whole life. But then of course that business dies down. Well, when wait a online. minute. Does he grow poppies? He's he, you know he grows beautiful flowers and he, okay. and they've won awards and he's made a career out of it. But he's also done that at the cost of his family. He's abandoned his wife. Played here by the great, what is her, gosh, Diane Weiss. Oh. She plays his ex-wife. His real daughter plays his daughter in this movie, Allison Eastwood. Nice. Um, he's, he's kind of been the world's worst dad. He's basically work, work, work. He's so never been he's a family So now he's a drug man. mule. And so now in order to help his daughter, um, she's getting married. They're going to have kids. So he wants to try to be a good dad at the old age of 90. 90. So, he finds out that he could be a driver. And, of course, at first he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just kind of picking some stuff up. He drives it down to this location. But then he soon finds out. Of course, he's also a – yeah, there is an IDB. He's a, he's a horticulturist, horticulturist, as Carl would say. Mm-hmm. He's a Korean War veteran as well. So he's kind of this hardened guy. But he becomes a drug mule for the Mexican cartel. This is based on a true story called uh, – the Sonola Cartel's 90-year-old drug mule. It okay, was a New York so, Times Magazine article. So where did, does he live in Texas or He lives New in Mexico? Texas. He's got this old farm where he grows his flowers. It's kind of a run-down house. So he's kind of, he's kind of isolated, and he's estranged himself from his family, his own choice. And this movie, while it's flawed in the way that it plays around with comedy and, and then some drama and a true story, and then there's a thriller aspect to it because Bradley Cooper's FBI agent gets put on his tail, and that's kind How of How would a, they know that this 90-year-old man is running drugs? 
Well, they they, they they start to track him because they, they find out that it's the same guy because he drives the same truck. Okay. And so they eventually, after many runs, this guy did over 10 runs for this Sonola cartel. And so eventually Bradley Cooper and Michael Pena's character get put on his tail. Uh, of course, their boss is played by Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. It, it's got a lot of good little supporting actors. But this is a Clint Eastwood showcase. I think... You know, is it, it's is, that, it, is it a get off my lawn? Kind it's of thing? you know, it is that, but it's also kind of a, uh, you know, a, a thrilling aspect to his character that he's kind of getting to have fun at the old age of ninety. He kind of let's just say that Clint Eastwood is a part of a threesome in this movie. What? <laughs> you, you you don't see it, but that's kind of like his character. He he's kind of a flawed individual who's just all of a sudden getting ready to. He's having a time of his life at ninety years old. He's making money. He's doing something that's not getting him caught. Um, I think that Eastwood's directorial touch, the light restrained touch he used in his movies, is well done here. But this is a great. Did he, did he direct it too? He did. Yeah. Okay. He directed it. He only directts his own Sam stuff. Sam uh, inspired by a Nick Shr- Nick Nick Schenk article, mm-hmm. New York Times Magazine article called "The Sonola Cartel's 90 Year Old Drug Mule." This is a fun movie if you're a Clint Eastwood fan, but it's kind of a road film. You know, eventually he's probably going to get caught, but it's fun to see Eastwood take his persona and just twist it a little bit. There's a lot of there's some unexpected funny moments in this movie. I will say the humor and the drama and the thriller that gets to be unbalanced that kind of hurts the film at times, but I really enjoyed watching Clint Eastwood in this movie. I, I've always been an Eastwood fan. I think he's been an underrated actor for his entire career. And there is the get-off-my-lawn aspect to Earl Stone, <laughs> yep. but I think there's just also a fun, unexpected fun, kind of I-don't-care-anymore aspect to his character. <laughs> Again, he's playing a uh, Lanny's playing a, a, a horticulturist. He basically has won awards for his flowers, and of course, you know, online his business goes out. You know, goes out of business. He has to make money, so he turns to Mexican cartel drug running. <gasps> so um, I, I I can see why it was a screen or given for Oscar consideration. It's not an Oscar film. It's even the performance is not Oscar. It's kind of one of those. You know, road movies. It, it's fun to watch Eastwood, but I, I don't think this is something that gets into the top ten performances of the year. No. So it's Redbox or Redbox or streaming. Yeah, but I will say, I mean, I I paid to watch it, and, and I didn't want to give my money back. I paid for watching it at the theater because we weren't screened for it. But but, but knowing I loved Eastwood and I, and I kind of liked the idea of this true story kind of character, I I felt that I got my money's worth in, in the theater. I I went to go see it and and pay money, but it was uh, they only had single seats. It was. It, it did really I, well. I mean, yeah, it did, and so. actually did well for weeks. And I can see why, because if you like Eastwood, I, I think you'll love the meal. But it, it is an imperfect film, and I can see why they didn't screen it. And then the other big release this week, Vice. Either you love it, I love or it. you hate it. I loved it. Right. I, I laughed I so hard. Care for it, but I did <laughs> like certain things about it. Okay, so Adam McKay made a big splash with the Big Short. Mm-hmm. And this now he being takes a comedy song. director for his whole career. I know, Saturday funnier die. Mm-hmm. And also, Ricky um, Bobby. I just want to give a plug to his HBO limited series Succession. Great series. Which, if you haven't Brian seen Cotton. it, which is the story of the Murdoch family, it seems. Jeremy yes. Strong, oh. good role. Kieran oh. Culkin is good on the on the show. They're gonna get they're gonna get uh, um, Emmy nominations because uh, tremendous. But anyway, they're coming back for a second season because it was so popular. Brian Cox. All right, so Dick Cheney is a power player, 
in Washington, D.C. and was W's VP. So this film's going to show you how the sausage is being no, made. No, I would say it has a certain point of view. Yes. You need to be careful about how you... Hey, this is the story of Dick Cheney. No, it's not the story it, of Dick Cheney. This is it's a, a comedic take from a certain left side point of view. If you are from the right, you might not think it's this funny, and you might not think it's very fair to Dick I'm, Cheney. I, I'm not really from the right or the left, so I, I want to do it. I, you, I, I, I know Adam McKay did his research. I, I know some of the stuff he has to go off on his own on. Right. But I, I just I, I I thought it was a great dark comedy satire. I think Christian it is. Bale. It's well done. It is, and 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 there were some moments, folks, where I laughed out loud four or five times in this movie. There's a mid there's, there's a mid movie credit sequence that's Which just so hilarious. well done. There's a Shakespearean Allison bedroom Hill. conversation yes. where there's they're te- you're speaking in these uh, like opera opera like tones to each other. Him mm-hmm. and Amy Adams, I think that was funny. Oh, there's yes. a dinner sequence with Alfred Molina. That's just hilarious. I think and that Sam Rockwell should not have been nominated. No, he shouldn't have. No, Steve it Carell. should have been Steve Carell. Steve playing. Carell has the best line in the movie. He's like, "Man, I'm like Donald bed bu-. Rumsfeld." He's like, "He's like, I'm like bed bugs. You gotta get rid of me. You gotta burn everything." Well, the thing is, is that um, was, some of it to me is too fresh. Like, it's really nothing to laugh about. It was only it was ten years ago. I know. However, well, they kind of make it. A parallel oh, to a what's going on right now. I thought it was choppy, but I will say the editing was phenomenal, and I thought it was going to win the Oscar and should have probably won the Oscar, but uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won that one. Now, uh, if you think politics are strange bedfellows, I think the key here is Amy Adams as Lynn Cheney mm-hmm. because she is one steely operator. She is one she tough She is Lady cookie, Macbeth. And mm-hmm. she is, and she throws her gay daughter under the bus. Yes. It's tough. Yeah, I mean, and of course, Justin Kirk playing Scooter Libby and... and and, oh, and, yeah. and, and, uh, and Eddie Marzen, who I think is great, uh, Paul Wolferitz. I mean, he, he's, yeah. he's great. I mean, and Rockwell's good as George W. Bush. He just But he's he, not he, Steve Carell. He doesn't have the impact of Steve Carell's Donald Rumsfeld, who I think is just, even towards he's the, the end. He's the best part of the film. Even towards, oh, I think Christian Bale's the best part of the uh, film. Yeah. But, well, but uh. Steve Carell, towards the end of the movie, even when he finds out that it's all going down, mm-hmm. just the way, that, that's where Steve Carell's acting comes into play. And he oh. had a great year last year. I know Billie Welcome Jane to Marwin wasn't great, but Beautiful Boy and this movie for him was a great and movie. And Battle of Range. Battle of that was a year before. Yeah, showing his... Yeah. yeah. Oh. Showing his... He was uh, great in that, though. Showing his range. Well, Christian Bale, who's known for being method... Yes. And he is, is just, all method. This is a, a Gary Oldman darkest hour transformation. This is the I could have won the Oscar part. But he's already won an Oscar right. for, he's just for so the fighter. Good. But he's so when he's thinned he down. Yes. But <laughs> he the got whole machinist makeup. thin. Right. Well, it did win the Oscar for makeup. Right. And his, his transformation into that body with the big gut. And a running joke in this movie is Cheney's bad heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really funny, I found. So I don't know what that says I about Oh, me. and uh, Jesse Plimpkin. Yes. Jesse, yeah. Who's going to be massively major star one of these yeah. days. He was great. He had, Camp, a good, he had a great year Gerard last year, Ford. too, in Game Night. Yes. he's And I mean, he was on Fargo. There's so many good little... I mean, Tyler Perry playing Colin Powell and Shea mm-hmm. Wingham playing Ray, Wayne Vincent. All these good little actors. I don't know... I, I think it was a movie that I walked in and go, okay, Adam McKay, you have nothing to go yes, off but, of. 
Hit me, hit me with something different. I think he did something different. I there. enjoyed Vice, but I'm just saying it is not for everyone. It is oh, no. Oh, it's oh, very no. divisive. I mean, and if also... you are a, are a conservative, hardcore conservative, you're going to hate this movie. Yes, but even even uh, die, uh, die in the Wool liberals might not find it yeah, so, I mean, maybe right, not either. so good. Because How can you be making fun of this? Oh, my gosh. Well, it does. Um, they do break the fourth wall. It's a very John wall. voice. I liked it. They, I don't like when they broke the fourth wall. At the end of the wall. day. They do have a lot of fourth wall breaking but that's that that's the whole that's the whole premise of the film though yeah but i just just like the big short i i think that's that's mckay style you you, kind of have to take something that you obviously don't know everything about and fill in the blanks i think if he's going to do it i think he did it with satire i think it's just funny i think if you take this thing too seriously you may get really upset i I did not i i know that this is not really dick cheney's story it's kind of like saying okay i read some news clippings i did some investigative journalism here's some jokes and here's some jokes i mean right. I, I just and, think and it is clever it is clever even the way they just kind of mock it even during the scenes are they like i want you to be my vice i'm sure it didn't happen like that no <laughs> no but it's obvious targets you know it's right. like shooting fish in a yeah. barrel they've got a point of view which all films do and of course me being not so... being political i think if you're not political you may enjoy it yes more. but i also i find it fascinating when people expose how the sausage is being made in Washington yeah. because it is a shark uh, infested water and really and you got to learn to sink if you think it's bad in there you, it's worse it's worse yes. than you see in this movie oh, it's worse yeah. yeah but but I do like that and and Adam McKay is a very clever guy and you got to see this guy was he went from being a, a Wolf Ferrell comedy guy to now big short now, and now they Vice. are no longer involved in Funny or Die they both Will and Adam are yeah. no longer a part but of yeah that. that's how it all started he's like you know almost like a uh, you know, uh, jackass like show, funnierdie.com, and then they did Talladega Nights, mm-hmm. and they did Anchorman, right? Didn't he do yeah. Anchorman? Anchorman 2. But, uh, well, well one of the things is that it shows like you're in power, so you're top dog, and then you're not in power as the transition. And then you happen. try to get back into yeah, power. Yeah, then you try to get back. And so their, their Wyoming life is so tranquil compared to the, uh, you know, shark infested waters of DC. But it, it but I found that fascinating how, you know, sometimes you're in, sometimes you're out. And the social climbers, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's that's a fascinating angle, I thought. Especially Lynn Cheney. Next week, Glass, Escape Room, Lego Movie oh, Two, and Dragon I am Three burn come out. Movie in the ground. And then, uh, so this weekend is Wizard World in St. Louis. It's been coming. Chasing my mama. But he's only going to be here on Sunday. He's only there on Sunday. The the usual suspects have been here before. Sean Astin. Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno. Thomas Ian Nicholas, who Mm -hmm. I got to interview last year. And he is a prince of a fellow. And he's going to participate in a Disney panel. Really? Yeah, because he was involved in that Mickey... What it like a Walt before Mickey? Oh yes, yeah. I will say, speaking of actors and coming, John Cusack's coming to St. Louis in June to the the Two Hill to do what? He's basically coming to for uh, the screening of Say Anything and a Q and A about the film and about his career. Yeah. Well, one of his best friends lives in St. Louis. Yeah, so Greg he's Reese coming in June uh, via Kevin Brackett of Review nice. STL. Well, you know, also he's not doing anything right now, our, so why not? Our friend Rob Levy's hosting two panels on Doctor Who. Friday and Saturday. Really? Doctor Who, man. I okay. love the Doctor Who. And it's those panels always sell out. Yes. Now the well, panels, not sell out. Okay, so Friday it opens. There's cosplay. I know a lot of people Starting love at the cosplay. My daughter's already been... <laughs> 
she's already dressed up. Okay, what's she gonna go with? I don't know. And then Saturday's <laughs> but a big pe- day. That's the thing. People know who she is. Oh, you're so and so from so and so. Yeah. Best Wizard World memory I have is when I got this close in this room to John Bernthal. Right. If I if I had a radio show or a podcast, I wouldn't have asked him to come on. But he was well, there for The Walking Dead. I was. I got to meet John Barrowman last year from Doctor Who and the Arrowverse. Good for that. And yeah, I got nice. to interview him, and he's one of my favorite he's Broadway so dudes. So well, he's if, if, also, if you have a uh, chance to see uh, Momoa this weekend, make sure you... He's but he's huge. big because of Torchwood. But right. um, I do not care for Torchwood. I love Captain Jack Sparrow. I mean, not Captain Jack Sparrow. I, Captain, Captain Jack, Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack Harkness, but I do not care for Torchwood. Okay. I love his work on Doctor Who. And he is huge. He is one of the hugest stars in Britain. And over here, people know him for the CW. I know. Well, um, he is actually from Joliet, Illinois, mm-hmm. and his dad was a big caterpillar dude, and he got transferred to Scotland, and so John Barrowman grew up over there, and then he got to be, because, oh, uh, get this, this is such a fun fact, he and Andy Dick and Anthony Rapp all went to the same high school. Wow. At the same in, time? In Joliet, yes. Wow. I know. Isn't but that- he was here last year. Yeah, so so he's not coming back. But anyway, he is a he's a great guy. So, so we're gonna have um, uh, the panel from Charmed. Yes, a lot of Charmed guys are gonna uh, be here. Well, you're gonna have uh, Holly, Holly Marie Combs, who was here. She was here last year and did a panel with Charisma Carpenter and Lucy Davis about women. And somebody asked, actually, it was a friend of mine who asked Holly Marie because she was one of the first people in the Me Too movement. She was against Harvey from like day one, and someone asked her about Me Too, and Chris McCarpenter said, "We're not here to talk about any of that." (laughs) And but then Holly's like, "Hold on, we we still need to," because it was a woman who asked the question and said, "Women need to." And then Lucy Davis showed up late, and she's like, "What's everybody talking about?" Oh no! I love Lucy. Well, Davis. you got to get there early for the panels if you want to yes. be on the at the panels because they do fill up really fast. Drew Fuller, who mm-hmm. from Charmed, is going to be there, and then also uh, David. Uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, David from Alpay from uh, Vampire Diaries. Is that right? I don't know because that's my wife's show. <laughs> my wife has watched Vampire Diaries. Um, what was the one that was set in New Orleans? And now she's watching Legacies, oh, the originals. She has watched all of those shows, and I have not watched a single one. Look at mm. that. Sorry. So um, if you want to see the whole schedule, go to wizardworld.com um, and uh, find the St. Louis ones. And it's ever-changing, but there's a lot of industry people there, too. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the artists, a lot of the... Uh, yeah, so... Um, it's a fun time for people to be uh, at one with their superhero favorites and their. Oh, Chris Kattan's going to be there too. Yes, and also um, Kato Kalin. He's there every year. I get every year. He and I get the same picture together. He's not that funny. Well, I just um, I just have a thing. But David Alpay. Yeah, David Alpay. Is that so? Yeah, there's some interesting people there, and uh, just go check it out. And also, you get to win prizes and things like that. Oh, too. and our, friend, uh, our friends at Allied, they're going to have the missing link, who's played by in the movie by Zach Galifianakis, but they're going to have oh, a Zach costume actor 
as the missing link if you've seen that uh, that uh, animated feature that's coming out soon, which I think we're going to see next yes, weekend. Yes, it's uh, Saturday or Tuesday. Missing link, yes. Voiced yeah. by uh, Hugh Jackman. No, Hugh Jackman is the scientist. Zach Galifianakis okay. is the there missing link. And then Zoe... Uh, Zoe Saldana is the girlfriend. Aha. Well, next week we have Missing Link. We have two Penguin movies. We have the Disney Nature movie, Penguins. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Eleven Arts anime movie, uh, Penguin Highway. What? Didn't hear about that one. I'm... I... uh, Maybe through the there's, women. It, it's a, I know there's an Earth Day movie called Penguins. But that's the Disney one, Disney Nature. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. coming out. And then we have um, Regina uh, King in... Uh, not Little. Regina King, Regina Hall in Little. Little, with Issa Rae. And the little girl is the, the little girl is the girl from Blackish, and she also is one of the producers on the film. And she's playing Little. Aha. Uh-huh. And uh, The Chaperone, which is about Louise Brooks. So that's one of those indie movies that's coming to the landmark ones. So we'll have all those. That's a lot of movies. Now, as far as news, we have the big Oscars versus the Justice Department debate, which involves streaming services being nominated for Oscars. Why? Who cares? Um, They want to put a rule in there that uh, to be nominated for an Oscar, they have to solely be in theaters for a specific it was. It was. Yeah, you have to be there for seven days in seven Los days. Angeles or New York. Well, they That's it. Explain. Yeah, but so what about all these little indie films that they show for one week? Yeah, in like two two states. I know. Well, well yeah, I don't know California, why the Justice Department is getting involved, but now they say it might violate antitrust. Oh my god! Well, but I think Spielberg's people are the... people. Are, you know, Steven Spielberg's just jealous that now he's uh, working Bonzo for Corone Apple. Has won all those awards, and his buddy's doing a film called The Irishman. Steven, grow up. And then we you had, wrote a big article trashing him. I did. Well, I didn't trash him. I just said, "Dude, man. I mean, I love Spielberg movies, but this is very un-Spielberg." Technically, he has said nothing. He has. No, Technically, just, he has said nothing. This is all about an article that saying. came out, and he has not disputed nor denied. But he has not come out anything. and denied. He said nothing about this. Most guys would just come out and go, "Nah," or, but but I think he's kind of letting it he's, fester. You know, hey. Good for, he news. can do whatever so he wants. So the Justice Department's getting involved to be in a distraction, I guess. I don't know. But the big news that we love this week is uh, we saw the first look at the Joker trailer Gosh, looks so starring good. Joaquin Phoenix. They did a thing at CinemaCon out on the – was it in Vegas or L.A.? I'm not sure. But it was it's CinemaCon. They, it's a big thing for uh, theater owners, and that's where they first showed it, and then they released it to the public. This is just, it it's looks, two and a half minutes of – Weirdness. It's weirdness, but, it, but it's, it's more like so Scorsese's good. Kid King's uh, co- uh, King and Comedy, where a guy tries to be a stand-up comedian and he fails and he yeah, turns Robert, into a madman. Yeah, man. but Robert De Niro is going to be in the movie He's as also, a talk so show host. Yeah. So I mean, I think that Joaquin Phoenix looks phenomenal in this movie. I, I would have never picked Todd Phillips to do a Joker movie. I, I know I, the I, Hangover. I, I would have thought David Fincher could have done mm-hmm. this kind of movie, but the movie is. Gleefully disturbing. I, I think it's perfectly creepy. I think that it's got a good cast. I mean, Zazie Beats from Deadpool 2 mm-hmm. is in it. you uh, got Brian Tyree Henry. Uh, Francis Conroy from yep. uh, uh, Six Feet Under. Is his mom 
and he's giving her a bath. Yeah, I, it's just I mean, it, I mean Arthur Fleck, where we're gonna meet the Joker before he was the Joker. Except I don't... Batman and Mr. Wayne are gonna be in it, so you know it's gonna be the Joker. It's gonna be Nobody... the same Batman as the Joker that was Jack Nicholson. I don't think the Batman's gonna be showing a lot of it. And it is, but it's it's young Bruce Wayne and Bruce young Wayne's Bruce father. Wayne. So it, Hopef- I'm guessing that the movie's gonna the end that way. Focus is on the Joker, Arthur Fleck. I, I want. Joaquin Phoenix, I think that he, he he's an early front runner for best actor. The way that he gets into this character, he's creepy. I mean, I'm just a look. Not sold. Uh, you guys love this trailer. I, I am not it. sold on this yet. It's just, I mean, it, it, it tells you different. nothing. It, but it's it has not told you to tell nothing. You it's supposed to just get your interest. And I think even the most skeptical person can go, "Wow, this looks different." Well, it, I was going to see it anyway. It, it, it's a character-driven <laughs> piece. Instead of a big, loud action film, which is what every Joker movie's been so far, I I, I like that well, idea. Well, once Heath Ledger played the Joker, oh yeah, and, that and, was game. And let me Jack just go Nicholson. on record that Heath Ledger's Joker is probably my favorite performance of all time. It's just it, it's one of the most earth-shattering roles in Hollywood. It, it changed things as the Joker it told did. Batman. And so now this is this is a. Um, this is a risk. I, I I think this is dark, but it's dark for a reason. And I really think the filmmakers, from the look of this trailer, they leaned into what they're trying to do instead of just doing like a half-ass attempt. Well, Joaquin's been doing excellent. He just work freaks the last me out. Like just when when, he, when he's la- I'm glad he has his own laugh. I'm glad he doesn't have a cert- a certain voice. Just don't try to do. I think Jared Leto tried to do a bad Heath Ledger ripoff. Jared Leto. That was the problem with that role. Was horrible. He was horrible because he tried to do. A Heath Ledger tribute. Joaquin Phoenix's Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. Joker, is different. The and, best, and I like that. The best Joker is Mark Hamill. Yeah. He is. In the animated. The in best, the animated, in Batman, the animated best series. The Joker is he Mr. Is, Ledger. No, he, it's Mark Hamill. And they're going to do, this is going to be based on The Killing Joke, which they, which DC Animation just put out a couple years ago. <laughs> and that's got the whole... Uh, Batman, Batgirl thing, but that's not going to be involved. This is going to be the first half of the Killing Joke, which is the Joker's yep. origin story, good. not the great, horrible great second cast half. And the first trailer is pretty impressive. The, and I was skeptical. The, the Batman animation movies are, are excellent. great. Yeah. Yes. Hey, if you saw how good Spider Verse did, they should put those out in the theaters. They could probably do really well instead of giving us another live action Batman. Is Kevin Conroy still Batman? Yes, he is. What a Kevin great voice! Con- Kevin Conroy, voice. working off. Of Mark Hamill, they are a great Batman they are Joker a great team. Batman Joker. I, will I think agree Mark Hamill might have even been nominated for those Annies. Annies. We can talk about yes. the Annies another day because yes. I have my problems with the Annies. All righty. Well, Cranston got nominated for voice work in Isle of Dogs, so I was all about that. Chief. Hey, um, uh, now we come to one of my favorite topics because I grew up in a baseball family. And to quote Roy Hobbs, God, I love baseball. And we are. So does that mean that that's your favorite baseball movie? Um, it's not. It's number two. Really? Yes. I even so, quoted a Feel of Dreams line in my article. Last oh, week. I just, I just, I just. Dipping your oh. feet in magic waters. I, I was a little kid. My my one uncle was on the Washington Senators when I was a little kid. Hmm. My doc, my grandfather was the doctor for the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, how about that? Several. I'm friends with the president years. of the Cardinals. As you should be. So, uh, You're a sports writer. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's just a, a Cardinal Nation. We're at one Cardinal uh, 
uh, we bleed Cardinal Red. You we, do. Uh, Cardinals control my blood pressure. It's um, it's as much as just, I love the Blues, the Cardinals control yes, my which, blood pressure. Yes. Okay. So what were you watching last night? Were you trying to watch them? Both. Were you trying to get out of that last horrible inning, or were you trying was, to see if the Blues? I was watching could... the, the Blues on my phone as I was moving around, and mm-hmm. I had the. the baseball on the television yeah that was a uh, but, but my wife up. was like what are you doing in our house like this is kind of a strategic thing and i said oh i'm glad we missed the last minute goal so we could watch a pitching change yeah i mean i, I will say that these games the blues games should be on the regular fox sports yes they, they, they should i mean well the, no the, last night that was a national game for the blues oh last yeah it was night. it was nhl network yeah. So, all right there's there's only three baseball movies okay so uh um, there, there's bull durham there's field it. of dreams and there's the bad news bears. The original one with Walter Matthau. I love not uh, the remake. I, I, okay, I, will, so I will add a Moneyball that list. I love Ooh. Brad Pitt this movie. I, I, I also love. It's not as good, but I love for love of the game because of Kevin Costner. Well, Amy I'm gonna Adams. Go through, I'm going to go yeah. through my uh, Billy top Chappell. ten. Number ten. I have tied. You have ten. Uh, yeah. She has, ele- she has eleven actually. Um, I have eleven. Okay, you I did your tied, list. You do your list. I'll do my I list. I know. I tied uh, Bad News Bears with a League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. And then number nine, the rookie, because mm-hmm. I just oh yeah, love Dennis Quaid. Mm-hmm. And Good I know story. you guys are going to get on me for this. But, if you talk um, into the microphone, it would be less okay. getting on. Okay, um, <laughs> you guys are going to get on me for this because I have Bull Durham at eight, which you're going to all it's argue. Well. Hey, hey, it's on the list. And uh, so uh, seven is eight men out because John Sales. John Cusack again. Yes, and then. Uh, the pride of the Yankees. The original. No list. The original with Gary Cooper. No a baseball movie list is complete without True. that. And today, then, today, today. And then five, the Sandlot. Sandlot, good, good choice. And so, then four is Moneyball because oh, just brilliant movie. Which one? And, uh, Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball. Moneyball. I'm, I'm a big fan Brad Pitt. of it. Yeah. Diabolical movie. And uh, number three. Was an HBO movie by Billy Crystal called Sixty One Asterix about about Roger Mayer. Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. That is a so and Thomas Jane a TV movie. is phenomenal as but it's, Mickey Mantle. It's still just one of the best. The best Steven part of that Spielberg movie. said that that shouldn't count because it was only on HBO. The best part of that movie was when they're sitting on the couch and they go, "Are we feuding? Yeah, well." <laughs> well, I've I've seen it uh, best, uh, so many times. Right. I uh, back in the day, I taped Barry Pepper. It. That, that's probably his best performance. I taped it on VHS and I watched it over and over. Right, and then so I actually got... bought the DVD. Number two, you and number two, two the Natural. Oh, the Natural. Oh, oh my God, that movie! Great I just movie. love that movie. Oh, Roy Hobbs and Redford, Redford and that yeah. music and that end scene when Pujols hit that home run. In Houston against Bradley, uh, back two thousand five. Yes, that reminded me of the natural, and I always think of that little chubby bat boy with yep. the Wonder Boy bat. Wonder boy. And when he's just laughing he's so hard, when he's just when That's he's just great. so laughing about this thing, and that just reminded me so much of that. And then number one is Field of Dreams mm-hmm. because. It just is. Um, for me, <laughs> no particular order except for the first one. I love Feel of Dreams. That movie came on two weeks ago, and two hours of my day were gone. Um, oh, every time. And, and people, I showed on MLB special, Network and, all the time. I know, and, 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 and I have a special edition. And James edition. Earl Jones, the speech, which was actually done by baseball players three years ago. It was great. Um, I also love Major League. I think it's hilarious. Mm. Yes. You know, not two, though. There's so Oh, no, not two or three. Uh, but it's just so many great things. Like, you know what? Every time we win, we peel off a piece. Good old James Gammon. And, um, Wesley Snipes is in the first he one. He is great. And Charlie Sheen, the whole thing about the goat. You hit one Cleveland more ball in the air, you owe me 20 push-ups. 
well, how can I make the team if I can't move my arms? Uh, the Natural, this is Robert Redford's fantastic. Moneyball, was it, it was entertaining and it showed a different side to the game. I love For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston. And uh, I, I also love, I want to say, uh, Sugar was a great baseball movie. Oh, oh and, that, I was saying Amy Adams. Amy Adams is... Uh, the curve. Uh, Trouble with the Curve. Trouble with the Curve. Yeah, and also oh, uh, Million Dollar Arm <laughs> with John Hamm. J.B. Oh. Bernstein was a great movie. Uh, it was very good for Hamm. But my favorite movie of all, a baseball movie is Bull Durham. Just because it shows the minor league aspect of the game. I know Tim Robbins wasn't a realistic a pitcher, but it's a movie. <laughs> and Crash Luke. Davis and Susan Sarandon, I just, I, I love... They do have great chemistry. They have great chemistry, film. and I just think that... The lines in it, because it, it's ruthless about minor leagues, you know? Oh, the, he goes, the, the you know the difference is, Lynn, between hitting 300 and hitting 250? 25 hits. Mm-hmm. 25 ground balls with eyes. A dying quail. I, I just love those little bits. So Who's, Ron Sheldon directed it. He's done uh, uh, Blue Chips, uh, the, the basketball film with Nick Nolte. Mm-hmm. He's done so many just great hardcore baseball movies. But Bull Durham is just... Fantastic. Who's the Who's the guy? He used to be Robert Wall. Is it Robert Wall? Oh, the, the, plays the assistant the, coach. The mound, uh, and, and and the manager scene. Trey Wilson passed away shortly after that making that movie. He died yes. of a brain aneurysm. I think the ending of that is so cool when they show him just yeah plugging away in the mind. He broke the yeah, he broke the record and nobody noticed. Yeah. Let's see. Movies that we did not mention. We didn't mention Angels in the Outfield, and we didn't mention Matthew McConaughey. Damn Yankees. Danny Glover. Damn Yankees. Rookie of the Year. With, Rookie uh, of the Year, too. The oh, Minnesota yeah. Twins. Which featured a cameo by Pedro Guerrero with the Cardinals. <laughs> little Big League. Yeah, Little mm-hmm. Big League. But no, I mean, those, I mean, you know, look, There's folks, a lot of baseball movies. If Cardinals, the Cardinals aren't playing today, so have a little bit of a little a, a baseball binge before the Blues play. There it. are many, many are. baseball movies. Oh, yeah, there there's are. one. It happens every spring with every Ray spring. Milan, mm-hmm. people yeah. like that. And then there's some oldies with uh, James Stewart. Yeah, and start, Monty to, start with the classics first. Start with the good old, like, crowd pleaser, like the natural. Then kind of move on to Feel of Dreams. Well, and, she's talking way older than oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, uh, what do you guys think about John Goodman as the Bay? Um, I did not see that. I I enjoyed him, but I can see why people wouldn't like it. It was kind of a wild take. And there, but was I, there, I will there was say like a Ty Cobb movie too. Yes. Oh. oh, I can't forget it. Tommy Lee Jones and Robert oh. Wall again. Ooh. A very very unflinching take. That I think that Tommy Lee Jones owned that movie. I mean, he he made you believe, and really, it's based on a book. I mean, it is like it's untrue. What's the Tom Selleck one where he plays in Japan? Mr. Baseball. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I saw him at, uh, at Wrigley Field. I got his autograph when he was filming that movie. Well, the Sandlot just did came not touch out of his nowhere. Mustache. For any kid, my brothers grew up playing uh, on an empty field. With Sandlot their, baseball. Yeah, with their friends. And we would run out. We would call them for dinner. Mike, Matt. And they would come in. And that was their life. And that was every kid that grew up in the 60s. That was just their thing. So the Sandlot just captured that yeah. so perfectly. Isn't it going to be made into a series? Yes. They're making a follow-up with all the grown-up actors. Yes. That is another one of those movies that uh, became popular in DVD. You're killing me, Smalls. Because uh, I saw it at the movies, and I actually Graham uh, crackers reviewed and it. chocolate and marshmallow. Oh, and all right. Then, so yeah. what else do we got? That's it. Is that um, it? That is right. it. I didn't mention The Best of Enemies because we did not screen it. 
Well, they screened it. We just didn't go. All right. to. Yeah, we. So just until what, what, until next it's... week. Uh, All right, you can find me on socials. My name is at go. underscore Carl the Intern. That's Carl Middleman on Instagram and Twitter. And you're on KS, uh, oh, KTRS. K- KTRS every Saturday Max night. Max Foyze. I'm going to be recording that today with there Max. There you go. Max on Movies. It's a, a deep dive into the movies. I'm on KTRS on Fridays at 11.45 for the time being. And uh, I am also, uh, I can be read in the Times newspapers, Webster, Kirkwood Times, etc. And uh, Dan, go ahead. With Dan's at, everywhere. At Buff82 on Twitter. I'm on Facebook as well. I write... Sports and Entertainment for KSTK News. I'm on every Tuesday at 4.15 on the, the Frank Opinion, the large morning show in the afternoon on 5.90 The Fan. And I also write about a good old hardcore Rogues and Blue Blues team at St. Louis Game Time. So I'm all over the net, but Twitter is where you're going to find and, me most of the time. Uh, SB Nation, too. SB Nation, yeah. SB Nation, Vox Media, which really spreads their articles around great. But until next week, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm on socials, too, and all over the place. Yes, you we're are. all, we're everywhere. Bye-bye, everybody. Come Bye-bye. Yeah, we Next week, Lynn will talk on the microphone. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. 